And welcome to the exam podcast. Thank you to the Geek Squad for finally getting my computer up and running so we can get these podcasts back. I have a loaded lineup today. We got the Stephen Heimers and we got the Ethan Hartleys. And we just watched UFC and their pay-per-view that they put on tonight, UFC 264. And, you know, I had a lot of fun. I'm not the biggest UFC guy as these two are, but just we're going to hop right into it because this was such a loaded show. It's such a loaded main event that has a lot of us asking a lot of questions. The big question coming out of this is, is Conor McGregor's kind of time as the face of UFC, this draw, if you will, kind of over? Because after losing this fight, Ethan's going to get into it a lot because he is the typical UFC guy here. But after this fight, it's kind of hard for me to personally imagine as more of a casual fan myself trying to become a more echeloned UFC fan on why Conor McGregor would be necessarily the same kind of draw as he was leading into tonight. Because watching his other fights leading up to this, it was clear that the steam was still there. The steam was still there tonight. And then he lost again. And he lost again to Poirier. And it was a tough way to lose, obviously. It was kind of a fluky way to lose. But even before that, he was still losing the fight pretty decisively, in my opinion. It was close at first. But even after that, he was still getting his ass kicked. So, Ethan, I want to start with you since you're kind of the most equipped to ask this question to. Is McGregor's time as this kind of undisputed draw of the sport over? Because I still think he has drawing power. Of course, it's still Conor McGregor. But I don't know if it's as strong where kind of he's the talk of the town still. Everyone's going out of their way to watch him. Does he still have that kind of drawing power after tonight? So I guess it's still a little bit try- like for me trying to sink it in because obviously just the way it ended is is very strange thinking beyond what comes next is very strange but at this moment i i still think so because the way this sport works and me and steven had a good talk about this is that the amount of casual fans just outweighs a ton like beyond on any metric in any other sport more to those who really follow the sport and know the people fighting top to bottom. And everyone knows that McGregor run that he had. And I think this, this of him breaking his leg can honestly play into the story where he'll, he'll, which whenever he fights again soon, he's, he still might put up shattering numbers in terms of pay-per-view pay-per-view buys even if it's against Dustin Poirier, which Dana White, you know, they're, they're doing the post-fight press conference has, has said the fourth fight is going to come around at some point. The question is when, obviously, it's, it's not going to be the next fight Dustin Poirier has because, you know, he's healthy. He's ready to go. He passed up a title shot. Technically, he won this fight. He was winning the fight when they, you know, were actually healthy men and not, you know, one had a shattered leg. So he's going to fight Charles Oliveira at some point, probably towards the end of this year. But he does, speaking with Gregor, he does move into this different tier where he's mainly just a money draw. You know, UFC always puts on these fights where they, they, they mainly just try, like their, their clear goal is just to collect money here rather than put on a fight that's meant something for the sport itself. Nate Diaz is a great example of where he is at his career. People will still pay for him to lose in five rounds like they just did on the very last pay-per-view when he got dominated until the last round against Leon Edwards, but people still paid and people were still excited. And that's how it's going to be. Nick Diaz is going to come, come back at some point And that's still going to sell despite him not fighting. And I think it's been like four years, maybe, maybe even longer than that. There's, there's those kinds of people and those people don't hold much sediment to the sport itself, but to the company and, and 
to the fans, they still hold a lot because they will still sell because people still want to watch for what they did years ago. I'm just trying to look at it from a logistical lens. As I said, trying to grow into myself in this sport, if you will. So the first time they fought, obviously, 2014. That was a long time ago. I, I always like to put things in our perspective. We were in middle school and that happened. Now we're, we're college students. So that was clearly a long time ago. Connor won that fight. The last fight, Poirier clearly dominated 2020, much more recent times. Again, we were high school, getting into college there. And now 2021, present day, Poirier dominates again. For me, in a logistical sense, it's like, what world does Poirier not really dominate this fight anymore? Because he was dominating tonight. I think it's kind of like any other sport. You always can't cut out a guy of McGregor's caliber just because of what we've seen him do before. And again, he was at the top of this sport for a long time, as you mentioned. He had an incredible run. But I was going to say, unless McGregor had an incredible start to round two where he caught him with, with some sort of amazing flute combination sort of thing, it looked like Poirier was going to knock him out. Straight up. It looked like McGregor got saved by the bell if the, the bell was going to come out at the end of that first round. And Poirier was just going to kick his ass in the second round. For me, that's what I was watching tonight. And it just seems hard from any booking standpoint, if you actually watch the fight tonight, to want to see this again. Just from my perspective. I know you talked about how people are going to buy it anyway. But from a logistical stance, I want to hear you in that wise. Not just pay-per-view wise, but just as an actual fight entertainment value. Would you want to see this again for a fourth time? I guess it depends on when it happens and in the circumstance that it happens. So let's say Dustin Poirier fights Charles Oliveira at some point, which will happen. And let's say he wins. He now becomes the champion. And at that point, if Conor McGregor wants this fourth fight to happen, he will have to fight other people for that to happen. He, if, if he, if he, if he doesn't want to do that, then it's at the point where he has to wait until Poirier loses the belt for him to get that fight. And, you know, you're really getting into hypotheticals of when exactly that could happen because you don't know who could rise and who could dramatically fall. Right now, you know, outside of Poirier and Oliveira in terms of title contention, Benil Dariush is there, but he's not really that close i think he's still a fight maybe two fights away chandler just lost gaethje was habib's last win and hasn't fought since this is you know what i just mentioned how you could how the matchups get really really intriguing in the future because you know we already saw once when habib retired you know this this sort of tournament style matchup playing out and you know who comes up and who goes down but now, you know, you could say it's it's finished and, you know, now you're still left with these people that, you know, they're in new positions and you just don't know what comes next. It's it's really hard because, you know, the bottom line is he has to be healthy and you just don't know when that's going to happen. It seems like it's a broken tibia and he's going to get surgery tomorrow, Sunday. It's It's just really tough to say. And that's kind of the fun of this sport because, you know, you – it's it's almost as exciting when the fight is announced when the fight actually happens because on paper you're already thinking of how this stuff could go but conor mcgregor status is really just up in the air for everything really in terms of how he is towards the promotion and really just for his fighting career and what he wants but i mean it's i'm at a loss of words really it's it's really hard to make of it both these guys are 32 years old. You got to think it will take at least a year for Connor to really get back into physical enough shape to even start training again. 
obviously takes months to start on that grind for the next fight, building it up and whatnot. You'd have to think at the absolute best timeline, if you're Dana White, this fourth fight happens when they're both 34 years old. If I'm Poirier, I don't even know if I want to do it at that point, regardless of how much money I'd make. To me, it wouldn't even really be worth it. Really, if you're 34, 35 years old, could be even beyond that with what you were saying with the title implications. Just the timeline to me seems so hard. I'm sure they will do it again, like you said. It just seems like by the time they do end up doing it again, the draw just to me doesn't seem to be there nearly as much as it is right now. Steven, I want to ask you this, and then we'll get Ethan's thoughts on this. If McGregor is out as this number one draw, because again, by the time he fights again, it will be at least a year or two, probably to the latter part. His drawing power is going to go down a little bit. Maybe it won't go down as much as I'm making it seem right now in this instant reaction, but you have to assume in a few years the McGregor magic isn't going to necessarily be as high as it is right now. In this current state of the UFC, who do you think has the best potential? I don't think anyone's going to match McGregor's drawing power. I think we can all, all three of us can kind of agree that. But who's going to come at least closest to that right now with the current landscape of everything is who are you trying to put your money to pay for to watch a fight or at least illegally stream it, go out of your way and try to find it there? Because I know you're about that life, Stephen. Not to just call you out like this. I know Dana White's listening and he's just going to get the cops after you because I guess he's arresting people watching the stream illegally. But, you know, regardless, sorry about that. I'll, I'll pay your bond. Yeah, he'll never catch me on my houseboat. But um, so... I mean, that's the tough thing, too. Connor, you're going to buy, like, you know, Connor by one name. That's like, you know, the LeBron Messi each year. Connor, Connor's in like the. That. So I, I talked about this on a podcast we did a few weeks ago. There's this scale that I use when talking about popularity it's the grandma little kid scale. And the scale is, does your grandma know who he is? And does a little kid know who he is? I think that's the best way of determining popularity across just entire names. And obviously some people fit in different molds of that or whatever, but I love to use that scale. Conor McGregor is on that scale to the nth degree. Like people of an older generation know who he is. People of a younger generation know who he is. He, he's this TikTok marketability to him too. We're in the middle generation as well where he does his little straw, he, he says his funny things in his Irish accent. He is so incredibly marketable that I think it's going to be really hard to come close in that stratosphere of. But I just want to know, like, is there anyone? Because the way this board is right now, I know Ethan kind of talked about this in, in the Discord. It's kind of like they really build up these one fights on these shows and the rest is kind of bare. I truly enjoyed the show tonight, but I wasn't truly personally invested in many of these people. There was a guy from Massachusetts who lives like 30 minutes away from me. I was personally invested in him just because of geography. But besides that, as a casual person, they made it hard for me, just their hype packages, just their pre-fight intros, for me to invest in any of these guys beforehand. And just the fact I can't stand Greg Hardy and I wanted him to lose. But anyway... It's just hard for me to see the future of the sport as it is right now, as I'm just getting into it, to see the incredible drawing power that Connor has. And I understand that, you know, he, he doesn't fight on every show. I, I truly understand that. But with Connor gone, with Habib gone, with Ronda Rousey, who 
really catapulted the sport a few years ago. She's obviously been gone for a little while. With the three mainstays of the sport the last few years all seemingly gone for at least the next two years, I, obviously Habib's a guy, kind of like Floyd Mayweather, you can see him coming back at any time, really. I, I mean, I'm sure he's truly retired at this point, but Ethan, would you be truly surprised if he came back Yeah. at any point? Right. Yeah. So it's like who's coming in that stratosphere? Who's going to be the next one to kind of propel this for? Well, like the fight, I hope Ethan would agree. The fight we all want to see is Nganu John Jones. But every time that comes up, something else comes out and they're like, Oh, it can't happen for this reason. It's like the Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua of the UFC. But besides them, you have guys like Israel Adesanya who has a similar marketability you know he wore he wore the anime thing his last fight he defended the belt he's tried the two division thing amanda nunez is like one of the best ufc fighters you'll ever see but doesn't get the recognition of ronda rousey because she's not from america which is truly unfortunate you have people you, like if Michael Chandler didn't lose, he would be another guy. He's coming from another promotion in his mid thirties. He would have had the belt. So someone like him, but you never know after he wins. I have a hypothetical answer to my own question, by the way, that I want to throw out there because again, I don't follow the sport nearly as close as you guys do. Just from what I saw tonight, I have an answer of a guy. If this was a stock, I think this is a penny stock, but I'd throw a few dollars in this. That's Sean O'Malley guy. Seems like he oozes charisma. He he seems fun. I think I could personally get invested in him. His whole, you know, post-fight celebration where he's doing the fadeaway or whatever. I don't know. I, I think someone like that, if maybe you gave him a bigger stage, I, I think he could do something. Ethan, your thoughts? Yeah, Sugar Show's insane. He's a big-time smoker, and obviously with, you know, becoming more and more legal and the, the rise of marijuana in general and the more you know, legal sense, you know, it's booming and he's right there with it. You know, Stephen already mentioned John Jones is to the UFC, the pound for pound King. I, I would say it's Kamaru Usman just because he fights and John Jones just bitches around and he's, he becomes more unlikable by the day for me because he just continues to ask money and it's a losing battle for him and he knows it. And he, He's just a confusing guy with his moves. Like if if you're gonna move up, you're gonna say you're gonna move, first. You, well, you vacate your belt, then move, then choose to move up to a weight class. Why? Why are you now acting like you're all of a sudden the king of that weight class? Like you're you're not. And he needs to prove that because again, heavyweight to light, heavyweight is a whole different realm. Those guys have free reign with their weight and can come in as natural as they want. They're not shedding pounds in the sauna a week out before the fight just to make weight. Like a lot of those guys ride naturally. I mean, you know, there are extremely big people like Nganu probably cuts a little bit of weight. Greg Hardy probably cuts a little bit of weight, but most of those guys are running in there naturally. And th that's their tip top shape because, you know, cutting weight is an insane thing to do. But to answer your question about workability, I think, you are you are right that is that it is in a weird place because there are one there's a lot of new champs Charles Oliveira Brandon Moreno Aljamain Sterling in, in a weird way I, I I think that he ends up losing that because he just likes to that's a whole different 
story. Adesanya was there, and then he kind of lost, and the, the flair seems to be gone, but I, I think he's still right up there. And Ganu, too, I mean, he's a fan favorite because he is a massive man, and he obliterates. I mean, he literally folded Stipe like a lawn chair. I mean, that was one of the most vicious knockouts of this year, in my opinion, along with Mazadal being knocked out. But, you know, you're, you're right. A, a lot of the, the stars that people seem to really love just aren't in that same contention anymore. Like, it's just not in the same align. Like, Mazadal is a fan favorite, especially in the South. And he just <laughs> – he got – fucking flattened nate diaz people still love him just keeps losing fights but still shows up tony ferguson was a fan favorite he he's just fallen off the cliff i mean he's he's been he hasn't won around since a long ass time I'm trying to think of other names and there's there's not really a lot cody garbrandt's kind of fun a little bit but he hasn't won a fight in a long time so if people know who Derek Lewis because you guys of like are both pretty He's purists. Getting shot now. You you guys are both pretty purists of the sports, as I've talked about. Let's say you're the head booker for UFC right now. Are you worried about where you are? Because I feel like they were just kind of hitting their stride a little bit. I feel like the last few years, this sport has really gotten more popular. It's a bit more mainstream. I think a lot more people talk about it in daily discourse than they used to, at least from what I've seen. Obviously, I'm a huge sports guy doing this and just in general. It just seems like in my daily life, just on Twitter, Instagram, daily discourse, UFC just is more in the forefront of everything. And now it seems like recently there's been a lot of negative press with them with how much the fighters make of their purse and whatnot in, in the shows. And now with this loss of marketability, with your biggest draw seemingly disappearing for at least two years, presumably after this and you don't know who's going to be his next fight and if that's going to be necessarily a huge draw. With that being gone, are you guys comfortable with the trajectory of the sport? Because the, the talk with the UFC is they're still in the leather helmet days of a kind of just a promotion. And MMA as a sport is kind of in that leather helmet days that football was once in. Are you guys concerned about where the sport's going right now? Because I think a sport like this revolves so much around personality and and charisma and whatnot and you saw this with boxing i think after tyson where there was just this dead period and it kind of lost a lot of its momentum that it had built up what do you guys think the ufc state is right now we'll start with steven it's def it's in this period that i feel like basketball will be in in about two years where there's a bunch of household names, but nobody is the, you know, face of the promotion at the moment. But you're just waiting for somebody to go up from, like, you know, household name to, like, bona fide superstar. And they kind of have an, an embarrassment of riches. Uh, Dana White was very outspoken about how during COVID, he never had to cut anybody for budget this and that and then he got rid of some old guys that a lot of people liked but you know if you're going to just keep losing taking up space on cards you, you don't give the company any means to keep you on so I think that there's enough people it'll be weird for a year but like I feel like this is going to be a time of when you get a pay-per-view you're going to appreciate it because you're going to have the Usmans who are going to dominate but you know not everybody knows unfortunately like I said, Amanda Nunes, she's going to dominate, but not everybody knows. 
you're going to have Nganu again. You're going to have Adesanya, I think, come back. Uh, the flyweight division is a lot of fun, too, and no one really gives that one any love. So there's a lot of people, but you just got to wait to see who goes up next. Yeah, the problem with this sport, as I already mentioned, is an insane number of casual fans compared to actual real fans. And that's where you have to get invested to really see. Because I, I think the promotion's in a fine place. I mean, th- they blew up a ton when they didn't really stop during COVID. They canceled one pay-per-view and they they continued after that. They just, you know, th- they made it work. And, you know, while it sucked without fans, it was a major difference. You know, it worked and they're, they're still here and bigger beforehand. But, you know, to, to really grasp those casual fans and, and make, you know, that $150 million every pay-per-view night is is obviously hard to do at this point. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, you know, for any casual fan, if you really want to see the appreciation in this sport, you just really have to invest. And that's kind of hard. Because it it took it took me even hold that thought hold that thought because I want to I want to bring that bigger because I was going to do this sooner but I'm so glad you brought this up I want to have a little bit of a brainstorming sesh because I was just with my buddies watching that and we were all kind of talking about how we kind of had one foot in with the UFC whether it was college or in our own time we all kind of would go out of our way at some point and try to watch the pay per views whether on someone put it on for us or whatnot we would at least pay attention to the sport follow them on socials whatever. But I think everything I said earlier about how it's kind of hard to invest in some of these guys is UFC's fault. And I just wanted to go in this brainstorming tension of how can they make this sport more interesting to a casual person, especially someone like me who kind of wants to be more invested, but they're not always giving me the reasons to be more invested. And I understand that you guys both engross yourself in this, and that's why you guys were more invested for the love of the sport. But I'm trying to find a reason why to take the extra step because you guys invest money and time and all this. I just want a reason to kind of go the extra mile. So my whole thing is if I'm Dana White, if I'm UFC, what could I do to make my sport more marketable to the average person? I think it is so incredibly simple. At least some of it is so incredibly simple. I'm totally ripping this off of a UFC writer. I'm sorry. I don't remember his name, but, uh, you, you guys can find him. He's the number one UFC fighter, uh, writer, excuse me. He talked about how a few years ago, Conor McGregor was cutting this pre-match kind of promo deal. And he was talking about how he watched The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin from WWE for motivation on what to say in these pre-fight things. The, the, he watched their promos and he kind of copied their promo style. And I think that is incredibly ingenious. And not everyone's Connor. Connor kind of plays a character, if you will. Obviously, Connor the person is very similar to Connor the character, but there's still a distinction between the two. That you can still tell that Connor is kind of playing a part, right? So my whole thing is, what if you let these guys just kind of talk a little bit more and, and sell themselves when, when you're doing these pre-fight promos? Cut. Let them cut the promo themselves. Like I don't need this third-party narration telling me that this guy's from Australia. I don't care. That that doesn't make me invested in this guy unless they live right next to me. Where they're from or their record, I really don't care about. I want to be invested on who they are as a person. I want to hear them say they're going to knock the other guy out. I want to hear them say that they're going to put the other guy in a stretcher. I want to hear them say what they're going to do. I want to hear those things. I want them to really kind of put this as a show. I think boxing does an incredible job of that. And then the other thing too is, 
I think the sponsorship thing that USC has is just awful where they're sponsored by Venom. I know their deal was with Reebok or Adidas. I don't remember uh, their longstanding deal that they had went away. They're with Venom now. I think that's awful. I think they should let whoever wants to wear whatever they want do that because I think that will make it way more interesting because then you have it like boxing where you have these guys come out in these cool outfits. I don't care if they're wearing like a D-Wade jersey or if they're wearing nothing. I, I really don't care. Just let them be themselves. I think UFC is prioritizing too much of making their own money and lining their own pockets than actually growing the sport. I think you can make a lot of money if you're the UFC and if you're the higher ups of the UFC by growing the sport more than it already is, making more casual people invested pay-per-view to pay-per-view than just signing these deals and kind of looking at it in the short term. I don't think there's enough long-term investment in the UFC right now, particularly with the fighters. Steven, I want to start with you. What do you think of what I just said? It's obvious when it's make these fights cheaper. Nobody wants to pay $70 and nobody wants to have to pay for ESPN Plus monthly on top of that. Um, what else can they do? I mean, they kind of let the fighters do whatever they want kind of as it is now, you know. They don't get fined on social media. Now they can do, you know, extracurricular activities. The thing with that, though, Stephen, and and I think you can agree to this, if I'm on social media scrolling through Twitter, even if Sean O'Malley says something funny, I'm not going to be like, oh, that guy said something funny on Twitter once. I want him to win this fight, you know? Like, I think the thing I want is sports are a TV show. No matter how we look at it, sports are a show, and the better the product is, the more people that will watch. Everyone's complaining about the NBA as a product right now, and the viewership kind of goes hand in hand with that. The NFL had a problem with it a few years ago. The viewership dipped a little bit and then went back up when the product fell a little better when they changed some rules. And I think they're going to go back down because offense is too good, but that's a whole other story for another day. I think the thing with UFC is they have to understand that they're a TV show. They have to understand that they're a TV show that people want to watch this TV show and want to be entertained by. And the fights are entertaining as they is, but you need more than that. You need more glitz and gamer. I don't care that Baker Mayfield is sitting near the octagon. I really don't. That's cool and all. And that makes me think that this is a big deal, truly. And when Buffer's doing his whole pre-fight hype thing where he's jumping up and down, introducing the fighters, that's cool too. But I need a little bit more as, as a TV show, as this big fight feel. I need something to truly get me hooked right into fight. I understand that this is really boxing and pro wrestlingly, but I think if they leaned into that, they would really grow the sport and they would make it a lot more interesting to more people. That's just my thought. I don't know if you guys have anything else that you guys think can really grow this and boom this and make you care more about individual fighters. That's just my take on it. So I would recommend watching the promos that they put on because those are mainly narrated by quotes that they say more than the stuff that they show throughout the promotion that's narrated by other legendary people. And the press conferences as well, they can say free reign, whatever they want, and no one's going to stop them. They talk about literally beating the shit out of each other. Conor McGregor said he was going to send Poirier to the hospital. Like, people want to see that. And there are other people doing that. You just kind of have to commit the time because it's, you know, you might see it on social media every once in a while if you're following the right accounts, but it's just kind of what you – it's 
really how much you choose to invest with it because that's why there are a lot of casual fans because most people don't want to invest in it. And I think the other problem is is how often they fight a year, which is just how those sports formatted. And that's something you obviously can't change. But I mean, Habib used to only fight once a year because of his religion, because he had the fast part of the year and that throws off your whole cycle. So, you know, maybe three times a year from a champion at most, but you know, you can't really change that and say, Hey, you, you need to fight, you know, five times a year or something like that because we need money. Like that just doesn't fly with anybody. I think the other thing is too, I understand that the, they do kind of cut these promos in this pre hype package. I just think the editing of the shows is not good because if you watch the show tonight, the main hype package from McGregor Poirier was also the hype package with the co-main event. They kind of did two at once. I thought that was so clunky and weird that they were hyping up two fights at the exact same time. That just felt so off to me. I think overall, they don't make the hype packages cool enough, if you will. I just think a lot of times it's these stills in front of nothing that necessarily highlights with what they're saying over it. I just think they can make the actual editing of the pay-per-views a little bit stronger, in my opinion, just to make it a little bit more invested because imagine if you have this kind of hype package of this guy talking about how he came from nothing, you know, he, he scrubbed toilets at McDonald's and then all of a sudden Dana White walked in and he asked for a contract and there you go. Something like that. That's a ridiculous story that I just made up, but some of these guys have incredible actual real life stories, right? And obviously you can't do that time and time again because you fight so much. Some of these guys do anyway. So you can't kind of sell the same thing time and time again. But, for example, um, the guy from Massachusetts today, Matinho, who, who fought in the first fight, I could have been invested in him if they kind of shared his story a little bit more. They did a good job, or at least a decent job, of sharing his background about how he kind of had a small background, came from Massachusetts, a northeast region that doesn't provide a lot of fighters, as they talked about, how he came from that. He has this crazy hair. They did a great job propping that guy up, Right. And then there's other guys in the card where it's just like this match is on. There's really no pre-hype fight to them. And it's just kind of there and it's the bathroom break. And I understand you kind of need those fights for these massive cards, but I don't know, man. It, it just feels like they can edit it in a way that makes it feel even just a little bit more important. And I think if you do that and you make these people more invested in these characters naturally when you're watching it, because you're right. A lot of people aren't going to go out of their way on these accounts or on the UFC account, socials, whatever. Watch the press conference live to do that, especially not at first when you're a casual fan. But I think if you are a casual fan, the way you become a diehard fan is the extra mild stuff that I'm talking about. Where like, okay, if, if you present O'Malley in this way, maybe I will go out of my way and follow O'Malley and see his kind of career arc and watch his fights more often. I just think that's how you grab people more often rather than the people that are like you two in particular who just you'll watch who is ever on. I mean, you love the sport, so you, you don't care who's fighting. You'll watch it. But I just think that's the extra mile stuff they have to deal with, especially now with this McGregor thing. Just before we wrap this up, I just want to ask you guys this question. What is the next big fight now? I know you guys kind of talked about it a little bit. You you tiptoed around it but you didn't give a definitive answer what do you guys think is the next big money fight that will draw a lot of people in whether it's casual or just the diehards what is the next huge fight ethan you can go first well it's hard to say because 
that would have to come at a hypothetical because the next pay-per-view main event that they have scheduled is the light heavyweight belt or the, like the furthest one out. The next upcoming one is an interim heavyweight championship between Derek Lewis, who's a fan favorite 20 knockouts, which I think is a record in the UFC. Um, and then that's also highlighted by Amanda Nunes, who's going to absolutely publicly execute her opponent. I don't even know why it's matched up, but you know, it's whatever. But the furthest one that they have vowed is currently scheduled for September. It's Jan Blachowicz who beat Adesanya for Adesanya's uh, double champ attempt uh, versus Glover Deshaies, who's kind of like Mr. Nice Guy. He's 41 years old. He could look like your grandpa, but he's, you know, busted his ass. So hypothetically, the next big fight that they could put on would probably be Poirier Oliveira just because of, you know, Poirier's draw from McGregor and him fighting the actual champ somewhat down the line. Yeah, it felt like tonight, I mean, I liked Poirier for some odd reason. He's fought at a lot of UFC fights that I've seen. I, I watched the last McGregor one. I've just seen him fight a weird amount in my life for whatever reason. He's just on a lot when I happen to watch the product. So personally, that's a guy I have been invested in because they have done a nice job of propping him up and then, of course, the McGregor rub. So I'd like to see a big money fight with him. Steven, what do you got? What do you think is the next big money fight that you would be truly, totally invested in? Ethan's point of hypotheticals, and it's the one we talked about before. It's, yeah, hypothetically. I, I mean, obviously they have stuff scheduled, but I'm talking hypothetically. What, what would you say? It's it's Jones and Ganu. There's no other fight. Like, John Jones, no pun intended, is literally crack for UFC fans because you just want to see him and you can never get enough of him. And then it's like, oh, shoot. John Jones, like, came and then mysteriously left and then, you know, did something he wasn't supposed to, and then he apologizes, and then he beats another guy up. Like, yeah, I want to see him move up to heavyweight. I want to see him, you know, finally back it up. So whenever, what, whoever he fights, even if it's not for a title, it's whoever John Jones decides to fight next, finally. If that ever will happen. Because I, I, that would be my answer, but, I, like, in terms of – the realistic chances of it actually happening. I, I can't invest. Oh a lot. yeah. It's 30% or less for sure. Yeah. I'm so glad I dipped my other foot in the UFC tonight. I'm sure the next big fight that there's going to be, I'll have both these guys on. We have an NBA finals to watch later tonight as well. I guess at the time of this recording. So we'll be seeing a lot of each other, but I'm so glad I got to watch this fight again, kind of a crappy ending, but I think regardless, it was a fun night of fights. I, I just don't want the other fights to be overshadowed because, again, this was a one-fight card, as you guys talked about, but the undercard was really good, too. I think I enjoyed the undercard more than the main event. Obviously, the main event finish doesn't help, but regardless, it was just a really fun show. I like the UFC. I'm going to try to get more into it, and we'll try to have to do this again, but thank you to Steven and Ethan for staying up late with me on the East Coast, and we'll see you next time on the Exam Podcast. See you later, guys.